Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. We have a guest episode today, and I know you guys love guest episodes, so I have Noelle Simpson on the podcast today. I found Noelle on TikTok, and I've been obsessed with her videos and her content ever since. So Noelle agreed to do an episode with me, and I'm so excited. So Noelle, why don't you say hi to everyone and tell everyone a little bit about what you do and who you are? Hi guys, I'm Noelle. I mostly do TikTok content, but Instagram content. I'm a photographer. I share photo tips, travel, lifestyle, kind of all of the above, but I mainly started with photo tips and photo tips and photography. Okay, awesome. So how did you get started in not like the content creation side of things, but in photo and video? How did you get started in that? So basically, I think it was in 2000 I graduated college in 2019 and I went to go start working. I actually worked for an influencer. She was a food blogger. Um, and oh. I ended up buying a camera kind of on the side as like my creative outlet for my nine to five. And I just started taking pictures of my friends and family and just fell in love with taking pictures and like the whole creative process. And I definitely like the creative side of the social media as a whole better than what I was doing at my nine to five. Okay. So you were working for an influencer. Do you think that impacted kind of like how your career path turned out? Cause it kind of feels like right now you're kind of in the influencer realm. So like, do you think that impacted it? I definitely do think it did because I kind of saw on the influencer side of things, just like the opportunities that arise with becoming like with growing on social media rather than just kind of sticking with your like photographer career or just like like if she was a food blogger or sharing recipes or whatever, social media definitely grew her entire business. So I kind of saw it mm-hmm. on that aspect. And I think that's kind of what gave me the motivation to actually start posting and do my own thing. Right. That's really cool that you were able to kind of have that perspective early on. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't understand the impact of social media until, you know, they're like very developed in their business, but like social media can help you develop your business. Def- yeah, definitely. And I worked for her for about, four years. So I interned her for her in college and then a year full-time after college. And I think that definitely is why I'm doing what I'm doing today. Cool. So how did you know it was time for you to quit your nine to five and go straight into being self-employed? Like kind of take me through that journey and like what, <laughs> what it was like for you. Um, so unfortunately it was not my decision. I accidentally got let go during COVID. Um, so oh, okay. For a small business, it's kind of just like, that just is what it is. Um, So it was like January of 2021, I think she said that she had to let me go during, this is like mid-COVID and everything like that. Um, But she gave me a two months notice. So I actually was like, okay, I either have to find another job or I could just start posting and try to do kind of what she was doing and what I was helping her with um, on my own. And Like, luckily, she kind of gave me that two months, so I still had an income to, like, work with while I was starting to post and everything. So that kind of definitely helped me up for – helped me – set me up for success. Um, Mm -hmm. But I decided that it was just – it was worth the try, and it kind of started popping off right away. So I just kind of went with it, and, um, yeah, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, well, that's – that's unfortunate that that did happen, but I also feel like sometimes those things happen for a reason. Like it, it just kind of forced you to do something that maybe you wouldn't have done on your own. Um, 
but it's kind of hard to see that in the moment when it's like, Oh, I'm getting let go. This is so sad, but you just don't know like the next thing that's coming for you. So that's really cool. 100%. I came downstairs after she told me and I was like to my parents, like I just got fired. And they're like, what? And I told them what happened. And they're like, no, you got let go. You did not get fired. <laughs> it was being so dramatic. And then like in the long run, it obviously like worked out exactly how it was supposed to. So yeah. What would you say are some of the things that you learned from that internship that you still apply in your business today? Um, I think that Mostly, so I was a digital marketing strategist for her and I was helping her with mostly engagement. She had a lot of big Facebook groups. Um, I did her Instagram for her and she's got like 200,000 followers. I did all of like the DMs. I mostly was in charge of doing posting and engagement. And I think that made me realize how important engagement is and actually like responding to your community and making sure that everybody feels like you're an actual human rather than just like someone to their screen. So I think Mm. that is something that I've kind of taken into my own pages and make sure no matter like how big a video gets or whatever, that I'm still responding to comments and making sure that I'm humanizing myself to my audience because I feel like that's how people connect with you in your um, content. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely huge. Like no matter how big you get to make sure that you're still like creating a community because ultimately like that is, that's what's most important about what you're doing. So yeah, awesome. Well, I wanted to jump into a few different topics with you. First, I want to talk about photography because this is like a photography podcast. So like, obviously we're going to talk about photography a little bit, um, but then we're going to talk more about content creation and stuff too. Cause I do feel like you are a content queen. Um, so it'd be a waste if we didn't talk about videos and stuff. So let's first talk about your shooting. Um, cause you, you mainly do brand work right now, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, mostly like I do my social media pages, but for like my business, cause I have, uh, like, I guess it's like a social media agency, but I mostly just do content creation. Um, I work okay. with brands on like product photos and different styled shoots okay. and stuff. Okay. So when you're shooting, like what are, what are the things that inspire you or like help you find creativity? Cause right now I feel like a lot of people are kind of lost in creativity. Like they just kind of feel like the same thing's happening over and over again. So how do you find your creativity and inspiration? So me and my friend, Chloe, we always, we like to do like styled shoots, which I feel like we're really big, especially during COVID, like doing kind of the at home photo shoot type stuff. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily as big now, but brands love it. Um, yeah. So I really like to kind of like deep dive into Pinterest, get some inspiration and then kind of go with a theme into my photo shoots. So it's like, okay. um, I know I did, we did like a whiskey ad and they were, their theme was golden hour. So it's like, we kind of set up where can we take this picture? What kind of, what kind of outfit will go with that theme and really kind of using, well, honestly, like the outside landscape, wherever I'm at at the moment, cause I travel a lot. So back then I was in Colorado. So it's kind of just setting up with the product and making an entire theme campaign. It's gets, it's really fun to get into stuff like that. And I think it's kind of lets the creative creativity kind of flow when you yeah. kind of like themed photo shoots is kind of what I enjoy doing the most, I think. Yeah. And I'm sure it's fun because every single shoot is a little bit of a different theme or it's a different product. So it's not like you're doing the same thing over and over again. Cause they all have like different visions. Like the brands yeah. all want different things. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to work with their creative team, see what they're envisioning and like bring their, in, like what they're envisioning to life. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. So, okay. These brands that you're working with, how do they find you? Like, are you just sitting here and they just reach out to you or how does it work? Um, so that's, I think what plays like a big part of it is my social media accounts is that they do find me mostly through social media. I do outreach as well. Um, I'm actually in the middle of kind of doing like a UGC outreach and like the holidays. So I do that as, as well, but I think the majority of my like paid content and like the big brand deals that I'll get or the UGC brand deals that I get are through my social media, which is a huge part of why I post all the time and why I'm keeping up with that is because that's kind of what is bringing my business in. Yeah. Okay. So for the UGC outreach thing, well, first of all, can you define UGC for anyone that doesn't know what that is? And also, um, what does that outreach look like for you? Because a lot of people are like wondering how do I get deals? Like I want to reach out to people. So like kind of touch on those two topics. If you, uh, sorry, that was a long question. So if you need me to repeat any of it. UGC is user generated content. And in my eyes, that could be video or pictures. I'm pretty sure it is, but I think most people now kind of look at it more as video. But basically what I did was I started a portfolio before I even started posting on social media. I grabbed two poster boards, like white poster boards from Target. And I set some products up with like a few little like background stuff or whatever. So it's like, for example, one of my pictures on my portfolio, I grabbed one of like the little peppermint essential oils. And in the background, I think I put some like little mini Christmas trees because it's around Christmas and I made it blurry and I just used, set up something like that and took a bunch of product photos. Um, Now my portfolio is bigger just because I've worked with brands. So I actually put my brand work in my portfolio, but setting up a portfolio to show what you want to do for the brand Um, And then I create an email pitch. So right now it's like a holiday specific pitch. So I kind of pitch that I have a big UGC package that they can purchase um, for specifically for the holidays. So it kind of just depends on what I'm doing. I also will sometimes message them on social media. I do have my like agency specific UGC social media accounts um, that I kind of just started posting on again recently. I took a little bit of a break when I was traveling Um, but just kind of making yourself known and making your content and what you can do for the brand very visible so that they can actually see you can do the work that you're saying rather than just like, Mm -hmm. um, or if you have like brands in around your house, you can take pictures of those brands and reach out to the brands and say, Hey, I created this content for you. You can either purchase this content or I'd love to work with you on a specific campaign that you had in mind. But this is kind of my example work for what I can do. Okay. I really like that because it's, it's going above and beyond. I think what the average person would do, you know what I mean? Like I feel like the average person would send like a cold email and be like, Hey, like I want to work with you. Here's some photos I've taken of previous brands. But like, I feel like taking specific items that are that brand and doing the work beforehand and being like, okay, this is what I can do improving it. I think that's a really effective way of actually getting people to, to respond to you. Cause I think it becomes a matter of like whether or not people even open your emails and like see your DMS. So I think that would be a really effective way to catch people's attention. Yeah. And I think that's specifically like a one that I have coming this week. I think it's good modules. I think that's how it's the skincare brand. Like I reached out to them and saying, I'm doing a UGC holiday campaign. If you're interested and they're like, let me send you some product. You can try it out. And I'm already planning on just taking the content, sending it over to them with watermarks and saying, this is what I created. If you'd like to purchase it, let me know basically. So it's kind of just 
that initiative and setting yourself apart from what everybody else is doing. Okay. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. And UGC is different than like influencer content because it's like your face and your brand isn't tied to those photos. Correct. Like UGC is supposed to be just like literally anyone could have created it type of thing. Right. Yeah. And I think that UGC can probably be more um, like more product focused where if I'm posting something on my page, my page is very like casual. I do a lot of talking videos and I will have brands specifically be like, don't make it about the product. Can you just make it like your videos normally are? Like I've sent over kind of what I would do for UGC and they send it back and they're like, make it how you normally make it. So it's kind of two different things I have going. I think that content creation would definitely be kind of not as much putting your personality in it like you would on your own pages. It's kind of more product focused. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's super interesting. I feel like UGC has kind of become a pretty big thing recently. And I think it's nice for someone that kind of wants to like get into that realm of like influencership, but maybe doesn't have a huge platform or doesn't know where to start. Like, I think that's a really good place to start. Like, it seems like very entry, like entry level friendly. For, For sure. Yeah. And it's something you can do on the side too, like while you have a nine to five. Very true. Yeah. 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 It's a nice little side hustle. So if anyone listening just wants to get into it, we would highly recommend just, yeah, yeah, just give it a whirl. Um, okay. While we're on the topic of photography, this is kind of generic, but I just wanted to ask you like your three biggest like photography tips. Like what are, let's say for like a beginner photographer, what are like three tips that you absolutely need to tell the people? So my biggest like recommendations based on just like what I've done is one, if you actually really want to get into photography is to buy a camera that you can grow in. I know a lot of point and shoots are kind of becoming trendy right now, but in reality, it's like the point and shoot can only do so much and you're not going to really be able to grow within that camera. You're going to have to purchase another camera. So doing your research and making sure you get a camera that you can grow into as in like you can get nicer lenses, you can get nicer like accessories with it type of something like that. So investing in a product that you can grow into rather than just kind of getting something cheap because you can afford it at the moment, I would rather like wait and get something a little bit nicer Mm -hmm. camera wise. Um, I would also say don't start shooting on automatic. Just just go straight into manual because I feel like once you get into automatic, it's kind of hard to get out of it because it's easier, but learning Mm -hmm. to shoot manual will be more beneficial. And if you're going to be, into photography you just need to shoot need to um learn manual i know a lot of people buy like these really nice cameras and they end up just shooting on on automatic and um i just think it's kind of not a waste of money but like if you're gonna buy a camera learn how to use it um and then i would say just yeah i mean start practicing on your friends and family like that's how i started i would just make my friends and family sit down and model for me basically and get a hang of it because they're going to be the most patient with you rather than random strangers, like trying to learn photography on them. So just kind of utilizing the people around you to learn. I love your first tip about getting a camera you can grow into. I don't know if I've ever really viewed it like that, but there really are some cameras that you can grow into and others that kind of limit you. Like, like you said, a point and shoot, you can't really switch out the lens. Like that's going to limit you, your ability to use manual. Like those are all things that I think are super important. So I love that tip. And 
Yeah. I think a lot of the times people think they need like a super expensive camera to get started, like the most top of the line camera to take the best photos. But as long as it's a camera that can shoot manual and can switch lenses, like I feel like those are two pretty big things. Um, And then, yeah. And your last thing about shooting friends and family, that's literally how I got started. Like all of my beginning photos are like photos of my sisters and my friends and like couples that I knew that's literally the biggest thing you can do. I feel like if you don't have anyone booking you, then you need to prove that people should book you. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the content creation, kind of like taking pictures. So you have that proof that you can actually do what you are providing in the services that you're trying to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love that. Okay. So let's talk about content creation now. Um, what are some like content creation strategies that you use daily? It could be like in video, it could be in like specific hooks or something, but like, what are some strategies that you find yourself always using when you're creating content? So I think that like my content has changed so much since I started, I pretty much only posted, um, photo tips. And I do think that when you start, it's pretty important to kind of niche down and talk about one main thing so that people know why they're following you. And I think that's like a faster way to grow. You don't necessarily have to do that, but I think people grow faster when they do that. Um, So kind of finding your niche. And that's kind of what I did in the beginning. I was posting mostly photo tips. And then eventually once people started following me, I kind of branched out into other areas of my life, kind of making that more like humanized connection type of thing. Mm -hmm. But My like main strategies I posted when I first started, I posted five times a day um, (gasps) for, I think I did that for six months. No way. Um, Yeah. It was kind of crazy, but it's like, I just wanted to go all in. um, And I think posting consistently, I also do um, kind of content creation coaching. So kind of what I tell people is exactly what I said, kind of start with one thing. And then eventually when people start to care about what you're saying, you can kind of branch out into other areas, but posting consistently is I think the most important thing. Like if you're not posting consistently, it's not going to go anywhere. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of my number one tip about anything. If you want to grow on social media is posting consistently. Um, And then finding your personality and your content, I think is also super important right now. Right? Like I know my videos do best which some people get on the camera and they talk and they're like little soft videos and I love them. My content performs best when I'm like chaotic, when I'm kind of very, like I make kind of chaotic videos and that's something that I kind of incorporate into my style where I'm like doing something. I'm always doing something in my videos, going from place to place, kind of switching up the clips. I'm not just standing in one place talking. I have to kind of switch up the clips so it keeps people's attention. Mm -hmm. Um, But finding your own personality in your content and making sure that it shows through your content, I think is huge right now, especially with like the longer form kind of TikTok videos that they're pushing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, attention span on social media right now is just so low, but like social media is pushing longer videos. Like TikTok is pushing a minute plus videos. So you really have to put in the effort to make it interesting and engaging and make it over a minute long. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like counterproductive a little bit because it's like, it doesn't feel like those two things can be possible, but it definitely is. I think it takes like a lot of trial and error to figure out what sticks with your audience and what is going to grab their attention. For sure. And that's kind of what I'm like, kind of where 
if I do a vlog, I have to make sure that I'm only in one spot for like 10 seconds and then I'm switching spots so that it kind of keeps people interacting and like engaged with the content since it is a minute plus. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. work, what works for my audience. I know everything's different, but you could do kind of have to like trial and error and see what works. Yeah. So what you said earlier about posting five times a day when you first started, <laughs> number one, that blows my mind. I need to know like how you came up with new videos five times a day. I know it was, and that was kind of the, um, blessing a little bit with being like that. I had a two months heads up as I was working, but I also was able, like, I knew that that job was ending. So some of my tasks were like, I didn't have to do them anymore. I wasn't working as much. So I kind of focused all my attention and I was like, if I don't make this work, like I have to go get another job. So I'm just going to make it work. So I was posting, um, I think at the beginning of the week, I'd kind of write down all of my different ideas And in the beginning, I only posted videos with um, music over them and like text on the screen. Like that's all I did. I didn't talk at all in any of my videos. So I think that also helped because at the time, it short form video, like eight to 12 seconds was like ideal. So it was kind of easier just to pump out random content. Um, Now, I don't think I could ever do that again. Like five videos a day would, especially because I like talk in my content and everything. I just don't think that would be possible. But sitting down and having a content plan and having like different topics. So when I was first talking about photography, I think I had like three different kind of categories. I'd talk about like photo tips, photo ideas, and photo tutorials. So every day I would come up with ideas within those content, like within those categories and then Mm -hmm. film them in the morning, post them in the afternoon. It's kind of what I did like all day. It was just like filming posts. Um, and yeah. it, it helped a lot. I think I hit a hundred thousand followers on TikTok in three months. Yeah. So it's kind crazy. of, it, it grew quickly and that's, um, kind of, it's also, it's like once you're growing, it's more fun to do. You can kind of like see the, it's rewarding. Um, but right. in the beginning, the, the first initial video that I actually had, like that went viral, which viral at the time, I don't even know, maybe it was like a hundred thousand views is what is like a brand new account. So, um, was actually a stranger photo shoots. So I oh, saw okay. do that and I don't even know where she was at. She was maybe like, I think she was like in Michigan or something like some random photographer basically was like, if you guys apply, I'll set two strangers up. And then the first time you meet, we're going to do like a photo shoot. Like the first time you meet, whatever. And okay. I was like, it's so cool. I think I had a girl on my podcast. I think her name was Autumn and she's in Michigan and she did stranger photo shoots. Probably who that's probably who it was. And then I just kind of saw like random people start doing it. And at the time I had just moved to Denver, Colorado. I had no friends. Um, and I was like, this could be a cool way to meet people too. And so I posted that and, um, I think I got 800 people applied and I was like, holy crap. So then I ended up turning it into um, a fundraiser. So I was like, okay, if you're going to apply, you have to like Venmo $5. Because like, I don't know if you're being serious or whatever. And it's going to take forever to go through all these applications. And so we ended up doing like three different stranger photo shoots. And now looking back at that, I'm like, I don't know who signed up for this. Because I had a couple. I was like, okay, we're going to do it on like a parking garage rooftop which is like, in my mind, a cool photo spot. But you tell two strangers to get blindfolded, meet two random people they don't know, to take pictures on the top of a parking garage rooftop. 
I was like, well, that is so sketchy. That is sketchy. They came and um, we did the photo shoots and that's kind of how my my account started growing was from Mm -hmm. that photo shoot and then like the results and everything kind of just popped off and that's like my initial thing that I like kind of blew up. Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking a few things away from that. Number one, you saw something that was being successful on your page and you made like a series out of it or you continued to push out that content because you saw that was successful. Um, Number two, you did something out of the box, like something that not everyone was doing, like these stranger sessions or whatever, like that's unique. Not a lot of people are doing that and it's interesting. So those two things combined are a recipe for growth, like truly. So, So I think that's really cool to hear your first growth because like that, that really is how you start to gain traction is by doing those, the combination of those two things. Yeah, for sure. It definitely helped kind of finding that like unique thing that, and it was location specific. So it was like the girl that was in Michigan was doing it, but I wasn't like interrupting anything she was doing right? because I was in a different city. So it's kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, just finding that like sweet spot. Yeah. Cool. Um, not to keep talking about the five photos or five videos a day thing, yeah. but I just can't like get it out of my head. I really yeah. feel like that is a really good example of like doing something that no one else is doing and almost, you know how people say like, if he wanted to, he would like, yeah. it's the same concept within business. I feel like if you really wanted to grow, you would, and you would put in the time and effort, um, to okay. grow and to like, create a successful business however whatever it takes for you it was five videos a day that's what it took but for other people it's like something else like I just feel like doing something that literally no one else is willing to do like be crazy and do five videos a day that is really going to set you apart and help you grow for sure for sure amazing so okay last thing I wanted to talk about with content creation um I guess like something I always wonder about speaking to other people who create content is like pricing and like packages and stuff. So how do you price yourself for working with brands? Like, do you have, is that you said you had packages and stuff. So kind of just walk me through how you created your prices and kind of like what you offer. So I've kind of been, I mean, it's like hard to figure out because nobody really talks about it. But I do think it's really nice. I have some friends that we're just kind of like open and transparent with each other because we have similar audiences. So we can kind of like bounce pricing off of each other just to see like, I can text my friend and be like, how much did you charge this brand? And then she'll tell me. And so I can kind of, you know, um, match or like do whatever is based on my audience. But to begin with, um, I kind of look at each partnership and each UGC package as an individual campaign with that company. So I kind of look at the company. If it's a huge company and I know they have a big marketing budget, I'm going to charge them a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's kind of like, if it's a startup or if it's like a small business, maybe I'll do it for a lot less. Or I will tell them like, you know, I could do a couple of these things for exchange, but if you want anything more than that, like, uh, this is what I'll charge. But I, I definitely look on look at the company um, and who I'm charging. And that's kind of how I base my pricing on. So if it's a small company, a lot less. Bigger company, it's a lot more. And it's kind of just trial and error, seeing what people say yes and what people say no to. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. they'll try to negotiate with you, um, yeah. ask you what your prices are. You can say something like, our budget only allows for this. And then I kind of come back and be like, I can't do it for any less than whatever. Um, right. But it's 
kind of just trial and error and seeing what people are willing to pay. A lot of the times, big companies will come to you with a price already. So that makes it easy. Um, Mm -hmm. For a while, I did have management. And so I also kind of base my pricing on what they put my prices at. Um, because they obviously manage a lot of influencers and kind of know the pricing of that. Um, But there are charts and stuff that you can go based on kind of like as a starting point, Um, just like Google them. Like that, Mm -hmm. that I would use as like a base starting point and then just kind of expanding, seeing what brands are willing to accept what they're willing to pay and then kind of pricing yourself based on that. Yeah, that's no, that's really helpful. So do you have like a media kit that you send people usually or, or you just come up with the price, like you said, per brand? Um, I have a media kit, but I'll change it based on who I'm sending it to. Ah, um, okay. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's for like my, the influencer side of things for content creation. It's pretty standard. Like I'll charge if it's like, if it's a video that's like 30 seconds or less, I'll probably charge like $200. But if it's kind of more of like an extensive campaign where they want like a bunch of videos, you can put a package together and kind of price yourself that way. Um, But it's like right when I started doing UGC, I actually worked for a backpack company and they had a bunch of content creators and they just flat rate pay $50 a video. And at the time I was like, that's amazing. I would never charge that low for UGC now, um, especially with like all the usage rates and stuff that they had. Like it's kind of just something you learn as you go, but there's a lot of things that you can charge for like usage rights. Um, If they want paid advertisements, you can always charge more for that. Um, If they're going to use it on on their website, like you can charge for all of the different things that they're using it for. So it's kind of a little bit trial and error, but um, it's kind of easy to figure. It's not easy, Um, but you'll get it figured out like the more you do it. Right. So for UGC, it might be a good idea to create like these little packages of like that include like usage for how many months and then like if they can use it on their website and like social media usage and like all these different things that you can kind of like bundle to make it seem like a better deal and more appealing. Yes. So actually, and I, I'm saying that I set up a Fiverr account yesterday and that's kind of how they have it laid out too. So I think a good layout would be you create three packages And in each package, you offer a different amount of deliverables, and then you can do add-on services. So anything extra would be like, if they want photos, but you need to get a model for the photos, then you're going to charge extra for that. If they want, um, like, uh, you can do a hurry delivery fee. So if they want it in like two days, you can charge for that. If they want an extra hook, you can charge for that. So adding like additional services underneath each package that they can add on for certain yeah. No, that's, that's genius. Um, and Fiverr is a good idea for UGC just to like get more clients out the do- in the door. Like it's kind of like the not almost, or like something yeah. like that for photographers, it would be similar to finding people who are looking for what you're offering. That's, Definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. So I wanted to ask you more, a, a little bit more about your videos. And then I want to talk about mindset, um, uh, because I know pairing, Pairing the idea of showing your face on social media comes with a lot of mindset shifts. So that's something I want to talk about with you. Um, But first, I guess like when it comes to your content right now, do you have like a content schedule or like how do you figure out what you need to post in a day or in a week right now? So right now, especially because it's the holiday season, I do have a content schedule schedule for all of my sponsored stuff just because there's like a lot of moving parts and then I need to know like where I'm at with each campaign 
and when I'm posting everything so that I can kind of not make sure they're not on the same days and everything. But as far as my content goes, if I plan and schedule things out now, they don't perform well. So it's kind of just like I have to um, kind of see what's performing best on my page at the time, make video mm-hmm. responses to those videos. I kind of utilize their comments and respond to stuff like that. And then if I every week I try to get a mixture of I do travel stuff, I do lifestyle stuff, um, photography tips or like photo tips. And then I also do like a lot of dating story times on my page. So I kind of just make sure that I get all of those categories that I normally talk about on my page within the week and then schedule them around my sponsored stuff. So I basically kind of um, have established different series on my page and I just make sure that I'm posting in each series throughout the week. Okay. That's, that is a pretty attainable thing to do. That doesn't make it seem overwhelming. Like, you know, you have your categories and then you, I like the idea of building off of other videos, you know, like it's not like you always need to think of original content. If someone comments something that you can respond to, like a question, that's a really easy video that you can make. And it, it already integrates. If that's your most popular video within the past week, you know, it's kind of building off of that. And that's like, you know, that on top of your categories, you're all set for content. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what I try to build my like series around stuff that can be buildable. So recently I did, um, I just spent the entire last year traveling. So I came home and I'm at my parents' house right now before I move again. And I kind of made a series of like reorganizing all of my stuff. And so I'll start with one video and I knew people would start commenting. So I base the next video on what I'm going to do next on what someone comments. So it kind of like gives you the ideas itself. It's kind of just like a self-fulfilling cycle that I can just like, okay, someone commented. They really liked all of my new bodysuits, but they don't like bodysuits. They want long sleeve shirts. So the next video I did was long sleeve shirts that weren't bodysuits. Something like that. They kind of give me the ideas for the videos and then they're getting what they actually want to see as well. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. a little alignment thing. Yeah. And what you said about not scheduling things out too far in advance, I feel like that used to be such a big thing, like maybe two years ago where people would batch videos for like a month. You know what I mean? Like people would batch like a month's worth of content and that was like really popular. But then it started to be like, you can't do that with trends. Like if you post a trend 30 days later, nothing's going to happen, you know? So I feel like it's really come down to like, two or three days of a span that you can create content and then you post it and then you start over. Like, I really feel like the shelf life for your videos for like the opportunity to post your videos. I feel like that, that span is only a couple of days. I agree. I think it comes off like now back my content. When I first started, I could do that. I could totally do that. I could schedule it out. Never know. But now because I just do, I share more like authentic stuff like that's happening in my life as I'm doing it it wouldn't make any sense. I think it would come off very inauthentic. Um, and I think people can tell. So I yes. don't do that anymore at all. Like I kind of, I, I make the video the day of, and then I post it the day of. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like people like to feel like whatever they're watching is in the moment. Like it's actually happening right now, whether or not it is actually happening right now is kind of up to you. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's almost like in a voiceover, if you're recording a voiceover and you're like, um, then I like, I did this and then I did this and you're speaking in past tense versus like, I'm going to the store instead of like, I went to the store. 
I feel like that kind of gives people like the illusion that they're with you right now when they're not actually with you right now. I don't even know why. I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's just something else I've been thinking about lately. People like to feel like they're your friend, like you're on FaceTime, like you're in the content with, like they're in the content with you. And when you're talking past, it's just not like that. Yes. I feel like that FaceTime vibe is really popular right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, like I saw a video of Joe Jonas literally just talking to the camera, talking about like something that happened to him at the pharmacy and all the comments were like, I feel like I'm on FaceTime with you. I love this type of content. And I think that's really interesting. And that's something to take note of is like that more casual, like you don't set up a ring light, you don't set up your camera. It's like just a casual type of vibe. I think that's what people are really connecting with nowadays. Yeah, that's my, some of my biggest videos are those videos where I'm like, it's kind of chaos. I'm doing it in the moment. I actually am in a really big hurry and I am just kind of filming exactly what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And that's tends to what people like gets people, um, feeling like they're yeah on FaceTime with you in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about mindset a little bit because once you start sharing your, yourself on social media, it can be like kind of hard mentally. So, um, for you, what are some like mindset things that you've had to implement as you've started to show your face more on social media? Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because I've, I definitely have, um, people that kind of, I know they have more of a, like a parasocial relationship to my content almost where it's like, they feel like, they know me, which is kind of, it's, it's interesting because that is the goal, but at the same time, like I don't know them, which is weird. Um, but kind of just realizing from my perspective, what they're seeing, like a lot of my life at this point, but from what I'm actually sharing, it's pretty surface level. Like I'm not sharing any like real like details of my life. I actually have been super lucky knock on wood that I don't get hate comments regularly unless it's like a video that kind of goes completely viral and then it kind of hits a different audience. My audience Mm is 95% women. Um, so I only have like a little bit of like the guys. So I rarely, I very rarely get hate comments, which is really nice. And I think that is also really helpful with like that I can keep posting and everything. But, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it definitely gets hard. There's like times where I don't, like I have to stop posting cause it just feels like draining. Um, so just take, being able to take a step back and like realizing that it's, I think taking a step back sometimes, um, is super helpful just because it does get overwhelming. Um, you're sharing your entire life and if like everything's not going peachy, you still have to continue doing what you're doing and showing up on camera, which can be really hard. Um, but yeah, I think just, I think sometimes you just got to take breaks. I think is Mm -hmm. that, Um, but realizing that it's like, I am lucky because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Um, so just kind of keeping that at like the forefront of my mentality through all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know if that really answered your question. No. Yeah. 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 It did. I feel like people are really Mm -hmm. romanticized kind of like the job that you have. And I think once you have it, you realize that it's not always sunshine and butterflies and rainbows. Like there are hard things to the content creator life where, like you said, your life might not be going perfectly, but like you don't want to overshare on the internet, but then you start to feel inauthentic. You start to feel like an imposter, but like 
you're not an imposter. You're just choosing not to overshare, but then yeah. that kind of makes you feel like a fraud. And it, I feel like for me, it can really start to spiral where it's like, I'm all in and I'm sharing everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, I yeah. feel like almost crippled with this idea of like, I can't share anything right now. Like, I feel like I just, nothing I share is going to be real. You yeah, know, or that you share is going to like, it, I, I get into these modes where I feel so uncreative that I just kind of like start spiraling and I'm like, why am I even posting anything? Because not, they're not going to like this. No one's going to like yeah. this. This is not creative. Like it, if I go through like a little bit of a rut, it's extremely hard to post because I just feel like nothing that I'm making is inspiring. It's not educational. It's not creative or whatever. Um, so it's kind of hard to get out of those ruts as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to like being present, do you feel like you have a hard time being fully present like, because, you know, you show a lot of your life online, like how do you balance being in the moment versus like recording things that happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think most of, I've kind of tried to continue surrounding myself with people who don't, are not in content creation just because all my friends are super helpful and they'll literally do anything for me to help me. Um, but it is kind of nice to get away from sharing everything. Like if I'm out with my friends or whatever, I might take a video or two, but I try to put my phone down and I try to do more like stories after the fact rather than during the moment, because I think I need some separation. Um, I did kind of get my first taste of, so I started sharing like dating stories, um, on TikTok and kind of got that first taste of, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore because it did slightly, like not affect like the actual situation, but it was weird. Cause it's like, sometimes he knew that I was sharing all of these stories. I'm like, is he doing it to be authentic? Cause it's what he wants to do. Or is he like, know that millions of people are watching. And it's kind of like this weird balance of like, are people doing things because they know I'm going to post about it or are they just like being mm. themselves? Mm. So I kind of, I think yeah. I need to find that balance, especially when it comes to like future, if I'm going to continue to share dating stuff or like whatever it is, but um, it was, it did get a little weird. I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore, but at the same time, yeah. like content. So then I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I always think about that with like, like full-time vloggers. I'm like, do you put on like a personality that makes it interesting to watch? And then like when the camera's off and when you're not vlogging your trip to target, like you yeah. act different, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like it could be really easy to get into that like type of mentality, even like for you as like the content creator. And then also for people in your life that you're like interacting with and telling stories about, like, yeah. I feel like it could very quickly turn into something that's not real or someone's like kind of putting on a show to give you yeah. good content. Um, and that's tricky. Like, how do you even know that's happening? You know? Yeah. And I think that's most of my friends, I like, I mean, obviously I've gotten friends in like the last few years, but I mostly hang out with people on a day-to-day -day basis that I knew like before I started everything. Um, so they're helpful, but I know, I like, I know the people that I surround myself day-to-day -day basis are not like that, but it's kind of when people start, like new people start coming in, that's kind of where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it's, I think it's just kind of something you have to like figure out with time and like with content yeah. and everything, like how it goes, but mm -hmm. yeah. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah, definitely interesting. So the last question I want to ask you um, is kind of for the people that 
they want to show up on the internet. They want to build a brand. They want to show their face, but they're literally scared of judgment. They're scared to just put themselves out there. So how did you get past that fear and how would you encourage the people that feel stuck in this moment? Yeah, I like started when I started posting, I literally moved to an entire another city. Not like it just kind of <laughs> happened, like the timing, because I was living at home. It was right after college. Um, I was living at home and I'm like, if I'm going to start posting, I know people are going to say stuff. Like I just, I just know they are, but if they don't say it to my face, then I don't really care. Um, right. it's definitely something you kind of just have to like put at the like background of your head because people are going to start being like, what is she doing? Like people were saying that people were saying stuff to my family, like kind of being like, what is she doing? But now nobody's saying anything. Like they're yeah. only asking like, how are you like, what? Well, because they see that it worked out and so you kind of have to I saw someone said um like there's no such thing as failure it's just you are giving up so if you don't give up you're going to be successful if you have that mindset and kind of just like believe in yourself so you need to think of it as already like they're going to be asking how I did this once I like make it big and once I like get get to where I want to be so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to realize that Mostly, if anyone's judging you, it's the people that wish they could be doing what you're doing, but they don't have the balls to do it. So you kind of, you got to get into that mindset that it just doesn't matter. Um, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I don't, I think that's kind of, you have to put it behind you and realize that like people are only judging you because that's exactly what they want to be doing or they wish they could do something like that. And then once you start getting to where you're going to be, they're going to be asking you how you did it. Yeah. That should be like an encouragement. Like that should be something you're looking forward to. Yeah. I think every single person who puts themselves out there in the digital space has to deal with this hurdle of like, are the people in my real life going to judge me, like judge what I'm doing? Um, it's a real thing that every single person has to face, but it's, it's all dependent on how you deal with it. If you let it take over and stop you from being a digital presence, then the effects that you wanted to have, like you wanted it to grow your business or like grow your brand. It's not going to have those effects anymore because you let it literally cripple you and you let it take over. So it's something that everyone faces. The difference is the people that are successful in it didn't let them phase them enough to the point where they stopped. You know, like that's literally the difference is someone that kept going and someone that let it stop them. So like you said, like you just, you cannot let it affect you. You just have to think, they're going to be jealous. Like they're going to be looking in like a year. They're going to be like, man, I wish I did that. So yeah. It's kind of, it's one of those things where you're not only starting a business that could fail. Like that's the possibility. Like when you start a small business, whatever it could succeed, it could fail or whatever, but it's also, you're starting it in front of everybody. It's very mm-hmm. like public thing. So it's scary, but the, the harder you go into it, the more you, time you put into it, the more successful it's going to be. And then, yeah, you're gonna, everyone's going to be asking how you did it. So yeah, kind of getting over that like first step and realizing that it really doesn't matter. It really yeah. does not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. That was some great advice. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, before we hang up, I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you and follow you. And if you have anything like new and exciting coming up, just let us know like what's going on. Um, so you can follow me and all my social media is just Noelle Simpson underscore on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And 
upcoming, I am actually moving again. So I'm going to be making like a lot of um, home content and kind of moving to a new city and making new friends and everything like that. So that's kind so of fun. my next journey. Yeah, cool. Well, I hope your move goes well. Um, and thanks again for coming on today's episode. It's so great chatting with you. Exposure With all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure All the layers above all the edits and tweaks I know her I am so done needing more time developing in my red doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you We're gonna